welcome everybody. We are grateful that you're here with us today at Wilshire. And uh, as has already been said, we're grateful for those who are joining us online too. Thank you for being with us. And if you're visiting, thank you especially for coming here. You have come to a good place. I will vouch these are good people, except for two, and I'll name those to you if you come and see me. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. But I hope you will um, uh, come and uh, uh, spend a little time with us after worship service. We'll spend some fellowship, drink some coffee, and then have Bible class shortly thereafter. So thank you for joining us today. So we're going to continue on our lessons from the book of Deuteronomy. And um, I want to start with a question. We're going to be in chapter one of Deuteronomy. If you don't have the study sheet in front of you, you can just turn over there. You can do that anyway. But I want to start with a question. Has anybody been paid to scare you this past week? Think about it. Because the fact is, whether you know it or not, there are people who make their living scaring you. It's called the news. Uh, it's sad, but I mean, the news has several go-to strategies for getting you to glue your eyes to what they're saying, to click on the story that they are presenting, or to turn the channel to, uh, do we, we don't even turn channels anymore. Man, that made me look old. But... Um, to, to look at what they're presenting. And one of their go-to strategies is, you scare the audience, they'll keep watching. You scare the audience, they'll keep clicking. And so, uh, you know, here's the facts. Let's find the part of that that's the most terrifying, and let's bring that to the fore. And certainly, there's a lot that's terrifying out in the world. It's not that hard to do that with the news. But there's an interest. You've got to understand that there is an interest on the part of the media to make you afraid. And so this morning's sermon is about that. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. It's, it's, one of, it's the opening sermon that Moses begins to present to the Israelites and, and a big theme in this part of the sermon is don't be afraid. I had a couple of conversations over the last few weeks with people who uh, have gotten the vaccine. And in both cases, uh, fear was what was slowing them down. In one case, they just are opposed to the whole idea of needles sticking into their bodies. And so I get it, you know, and, and, and that's a serious fear. In another case, it was the news media. And they just said lots of stories and lots of scary stuff. And, and it's just scary. And I get it. I understand. Just remember, the news media gets paid to scare you. And they really don't care whether you live or die. They just want you to click on their links. You know, so please keep that in mind as you consume the media that's out there. And uh, by the way, I do hope you all get vaccinated. I'm a, I'm a pro-vax person here. Uh, I got mine. If they give me a third one, I'm going to take it. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I feel much safer because of that. Okay. That's not what the sermon's about, though. The sermon's about Deuteronomy. And you know the setup of Deuteronomy is that the Israelites 
have wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Now, it only takes uh, a few weeks to get from Mount Sinai, even with a big, slow group of people. It only takes a few weeks to get from Mount Sinai up to the Promised Land. Then why did they wander around for 40 years? Well, Moses starts by reminding them why that happened. It's a new generation because the old generation kind of all died off during the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And Moses reminds them why that has happened. He kind of goes back and rehearses their history for them. Starting in verse 5, chapter 1 of Deuteronomy, we read this. East of the Jordan in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law. So they've come around, they're ready, the new generation is ready to invade the land, and Moses began to teach them the law. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, that's just another name for Mount Sinai, said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, to the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. So that's the opening little salvo that Moses gives to the Israelites. He says, the reason we're here is because we couldn't stay back at Mount Sinai. God said, you've stayed here long enough. They stayed about a year at the foot of Mount Sinai. You've stayed here long enough. It's time for you to go do the thing I've been preparing you for. Go take the land. See, here's the deal, church. Our periods of closeness to God in this life are not finish lines. We're not supposed to get close to God and say, glad that's over. Our period in this life, our periods of closeness to God are starting blocks. God brings himself close to us in order to equip us to go do the next thing he has in mind for us to do. That's just the way it is. You know, and we, I am very grateful for the periods when God comes close to me. And when God, you know, helps me to understand him, I'll be reading along in scripture and I, you know, I'm a Bible teacher at, in my day job too, you know, not just a preacher here. And, and I'll be reading along and, and, you know, stuff I've studied a lot and I've read commentators and stuff. And then all of a sudden, boom, just, it explodes in my head. I never saw that that's what that means. Or I'll be singing a song that I may have sung a thousand times before in my life, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible. And all of a sudden, I realize the Bible does tell me that Jesus does love me. And he really does love me. And it becomes real to me. God draws close to me and says, I'm here. And those are wonderful times. I I was a big fan of church camp when I was a teenager, I lo- and when I was younger than a teenager. I loved church camp, and it was, such, it was always such a great time. And I didn't understand, why can't we just stay at church camp all year long? Because we feel so close to God, and everybody's so on fire with zeal, and people get baptized in the pool. It's just, why, why can't we just stay here? 
And those times of closeness to God are precious. They're wonderful. But they aren't where you're supposed to live. God has jobs for you to do. Every Christian has received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has a ministry that 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 Christian is better at and is equipped to do and is in a position to do that God needs done. And God wants you to use these times of closeness to God so that you can go out and accomplish the task God has in mind for you to do. Our times of closeness to God in this life are not finish lines. They are starting blocks. Let's go and do what God has asked us to do. That's what Moses says. He says, we couldn't stay at Sinai. We couldn't stay at Mount Horeb. We had to go and finally do the thing that God asked us to do. But there was a problem. Look down in verse 19. Then, as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb, and we went towards the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful wilderness that you have seen. And so we reached Kadesh Barnea. And then I said to you, you've reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God is giving you the land. Go up and take possession of it, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Moses said, that's what we did. We we came up to the southern border of the territory of the promised land. And and we knew this had been the plan all along. 400 years, God had been telling Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, I'm going to give your descendants this land. I'm going to give your descendants this land. We had a horrible time down in Egypt, slavery and everything. God came and rescued us. But all that time, we knew that the promise was there. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were going to be given this land, this promised land. So now it's time Moses says, go up and take it. Don't be afraid. Why did he have to say, don't be afraid? Don't be afraid. Now, here's the part of the story that, to me, is kind of revealing about how God works. God can win every battle. God can do everything he wants you to do better than you can do it. Every person he wants you to talk to, he can can talk to them better. Every every ministry that this church carries out, every poor person that we feed, God can do it better than we can. He has chosen to use you to be his hands and his feet and his mouth in this world. That's the the gift of God to human beings. You are my image. You do my will on earth as it is in heaven. He has chosen to work through us in this. It doesn't mean he doesn't do miracles and stuff like that. He does do those things. He's going to do some when they invade the land. But he wants us to go in and do the things that need doing. And that often takes courage. That often 
requires us to overcome our fear. Just because God said, I want you to go do this thing, doesn't mean that the thing that God asks us to do is always going to be easy. Whatever God wants to give you takes courage to receive. God wants to give you a fixed relationship. God wants to give you a a life that's more full of joy. God wants to give you an overcoming of persistent sin. But God expects you to trust in him enough to have the courage to step out and take possession of what God gives you. Just like happened to the Israelites. God was going to give them the land, but he was going to use their courage and their strength in order to do that. I think that may have surprised some of the Israelites. I think they may have thought, well, it's a given land. It's, a, it's promised to us. God will go in and it'll be empty by the time we get there. And that was, it was a bit of a shock to them to find out, nope, it's not empty. You're actually going to have to fight in order to take this promised land. That's the next part of the story. Look down in verse 22 if you're following along in Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 22 Then all of you came to me and said, let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and to bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we will come to. And the idea seemed good to me, so I selected 12 of you, one man from each tribe. And they left and they went up into the hill country and he came to the valley of Eskal and they explored it. And taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought it down to us and they reported, it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. It is a good land. But you, Moses says, you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt with fear. They said, the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We have even seen the giants there, the Anakites, the giants. And then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. And in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way that you went until you reached this place. The Israelites may have been shocked that they were required to fight in order to receive the gift of God. But that's part of how God works. He gave you hands, he gave you feet, he gave you a body, he gave you a mind. And and depending on God does not make you less of what God made. It makes you for the first time sometimes exactly what God made. And so now the Israelites are faced with a choice. We're going to actually have to go up and put our lives on the line. Some of us may die in these battles. Some of us may not see the other side. And the Israelites couldn't do it. 
And I want to submit to you that the reason they couldn't do it is that they were staring at that image that had been painted for them of giant walls and giant enemies. Cowardice comes from only looking toward the world. Courage comes from looking toward God. All of you have different lives. We sit here in this church and, and mostly we don't know the giants and the walls that are facing the people that are sitting next to us. But all of us have stuff that we got to go home and deal with. And your giant may be a broken relationship that needs to be healed and you're not sure exactly how to go about that. Or your giant may be an addiction or a borderline addiction to drugs or pornography or alcohol or something else. Or your giant may be Anger that keeps getting on top of you and you keep finding yourself saying and doing things that you regret so much later. And it's not that those giants aren't real, because they are. We all got them. And it's not that the fight isn't hard, because it is. Moses lays out a principle here which is still true today for God's people. Which is, as long as you only look at the problem, your courage is likely to fail you. You've got to start looking up to God. Just got to. There's a great story. It's just one of my favorite stories. I remember loving this when I was five years old. I love this story. It's from 2 Kings chapter 6. And um, the Syrian kings, you know, are trying to take over the northern kingdom of the Jews. And, and they, they have military superiority, but, but the Syrian king says, there must be a spy. One of you, he says to his uh, his generals, one of you must be telling the Israelites what I'm doing. You must be whispering my secrets. And they said, no, it's not us. They've got this prophet named Elisha. And he just, he knows what you're thinking before you think it. God tells him. And the king says, well, I want that guy. You go get him. Find him wherever he is. And eventually they locate Elisha. And we read this story in 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. When the servant of the man of God, Elisha's servant, gets up one morning, the servant of the man of God got up and he went out early the next morning. An army with horses and chariots was surrounding the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet Elisha answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, it didn't look like that to the servant. All he saw were enemy chariots and enemy soldiers and lots and lots of them. And Elisha says, there's more on our side than on their side. 
And then Elisha does this. Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he can see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As long as I just focus on the enemy that I'm facing, the problem that is besetting me, as long as that's all I can think about, my courage will waver. I may be brave for a while, but it will waver. Eventually, my eyes need to open to what God is doing. I need to look beyond the giants to the God that's standing behind the giants, who is on my side and who wants me to receive the blessing he has prepared. Moses tells the Israelites the reason why that we're here another whole generation coming from another direction actually to enter the promised land is because your ancestors' courage failed there at Kadesh Barnea. They wouldn't go in. They angered God and God pronounced judgment. Actually, he goes on and reminds them, the Lord heard what you said, verse 34, and he was angry and he solemnly swore, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. So all of the grown-ups that engaged in that rebellion, they were going to just wander in the wilderness until they were, they were gone. Numbers 14 tells this story in more detail. It says the Israelites said, God is... Has, has just brought us out here so we can be enslaved. All of our children are going to end up being enslaved to the Amorites because God doesn't love us. And so it's interesting, Moses adds this extra detail in Deuteronomy 1, verse 39. God says, and the little ones, your children, the ones you said would be taken captive, your children who do not even know good from evil, they will enter the land. I will give it to them, and they will take possession of it. You're so afraid that you deny yourself the blessing God wanted to give you. And the weak children step into your place, and they take it. God wants to bless your life, church. Whatever's going on, whatever problems are besetting you, God wants to bless your life. But he says, as you face these problems, look to me and do not be afraid. Let's pray. Dear God and Father, we thank you that you are a great God. We thank you that you give us the opportunity to, to work for you and to fight for you. And God, we pray that you will help us not to fear. Help us not to be afraid as we face the challenges that are in our path. Help us to realize that this too is from you, and this too will bring us closer to you. God, help us to dedicate ourselves this week 
to facing our giants, and to facing them with you in front of our eyes. These things we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. If you need to respond to God's invitation to be part of his kingdom and part of his family, if you need prayers to get things back on track or to get strength and courage, if you need something else from the congregation and you want to ask for those things publicly, you can come forward in just a minute when we're singing and, and tell us what we can do for you, and we will do it if it's in our power to do it. Uh, and it may be that today is the day that you want to wash away your sins in the waters of baptism, to begin the new life that is promised to those who put on Jesus Christ. And if you want to take that step, we also invite you, just come forward, tell us what we can do, as we stand and sing.